Welcome to the WEPC Discipleship Podcast, because the gospel changes everything. Hello, we we started and these guys are already stretching it out. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, welcome to the final episode of season three of the WEPC Discipleship Podcast uh, as we go through the book of Acts and we are now at the very end of the book of Acts. Uh, my name is Joe. I'm Sarah. And I'm Elliot. Yeah. And uh, here we are uh, at the final end with this episode. There's a shipwreck. There's, well, sailing on the Great Wild Sea. There's uh, um, a viper biting people's hands, poisons, uh, pe- healings. There's a lot that goes on in this. Yeah, we need it's a, a power little pack. adventure scene for the end of Acts here. Yeah, power pack two chapters. You're right. It's true. I feel like they were saving the the, <laughs> the all the big chunk uh, narrative, huge you know, things that would be in a Marvel movie for the very end. Um, Just have to get through the lawyer stuff and then we can <laughs> have an last, adventure. <laughs> last week, we looked at all the lawyers uh, in the Law and Order episodes. And this week, we're, uh, we're on, we're on sailing. We're sailing. That's what we're doing. Um, and so, Paul sailing, is... Sailing takes take me away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Good, good, yeah. Um, sail away, sail away, yeah. sail away. Uh, that's a little Enya. I had to do Enya. Um, We're just really glad whoever's still listening to this that you've made it this far. With us. We... We're <laughs> <to you. laughs> for, for our intrepid listener, uh, you you made it to the end. Here we are as we're sailing away. Uh, and Paul sails for Rome, so he's he's heading out. Um, so Elliot and Sarah, uh, why is Paul heading to Rome? Well, Caesar, you want to go, so Caesar, you will go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He appealed. To uh, in to Festus and to Agrippa, he appealed to Caesar, mm-hmm. and so he's going to be setting out for Rome. And we meet this guy, this centurion named Julius. Julius is uh, don't sleep on Julius. Like Julius is a character that doesn't get enough um, playtime. Uh, he he doesn't. Uh, we need to talk more about Julius. Uh, so the centurion Julius is the guy that he's sort of in, that is in charge of Paul and the other prisoners. Um, and they board and they head out. And what happens when they're out there on the great ocean? They just left, uh, the, the ship from Adramitium, uh, and then along the ports of Asia, which, you know, Galatia and all that area. It was a smooth trip and they made it there with no hitch. <laughs> uh, liar. <laughs> <Just> kidding. Liar. <laughs> uh, 
Actually, it says first. Well, the first thing they sla- they sailed slowly, which can be annoying. But then, mm-hmm. um, they had some difficulty along the coast, and then it was dangerous. Mine says it was dangerous because the fast was already over. Is that because it was a time of year? Yeah, I think okay. I, I, most people that I've read said it was because of the time of year. That... So it was just a more stormy season. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, that's uh-huh. exactly right. Yeah. Right. And Paul's even like, "Hey guys, it's going to be bad. We shouldn't do this." And they don't listen to him. And they don't listen to him. Uh, Paul's trying to help out here. He's just saying, "Like, I'm not trying to. De- I'm not trying to delay unnecessarily. I'm just trying to help us out here." Yeah. They don't believe the prisoner. (laughs) And they don't believe the prisoner. And so they, uh, things don't go so smoothly. Um, and then finally they come to, uh, came, uh, along its coast came with some difficulty to a place called fair havens, which is near the town of Lacia, Lacia. Um, and so what else happens when on this, eventful much longer than a three hour tour uh what happens (laughs) on this um i mean they're they're out there for a long time like it's deceptively long we're in the way we're doing this episode these episodes uh we did a lot you know these those three chapters last week and that covered two plus years right and this is and this, we're covering only two chapters, and you know Luke has sped up the narrative very a, a lot. Like it's happening very quickly, and a lot happens, and this is a long time. Um, I just think that's it. I, I think that's just interesting to think about the narrative as being sped up in some ways. Yeah. Um, and so in verse thirteen and following, they hit the storm. They hit a storm, and what does that do? They were violently storm tossed, <laughs> and they and they're starting to um, throw their tackle overboard, and they they just they're freaking out. Um, but Paul, who's like no, you know, he's there, and now he's talking again, um, and they're hungry, they're hungry, thirsty, they think they're gonna die. He is urging them to take heart. Which yeah. I love the language of take heart because Jesus uses it too. I've been thinking about that. I just want to say that mm. randomly. <laughs> That's been on my mind. It's like, yeah. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus told us that. I love that. And I feel like that's where Paul is right now. He's like, take heart. There'll be no loss of life. An angel of the Lord has talked to me and told, told me what's going on. So mm-hmm. um, he, you guys will all be spared, basically. Yeah. 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 Take heart. I like that. Take heart. Um, yeah, I mean, he's urging them. I can see that this voyage is going to end in disaster and great loss of not only the cargo and the ship, but our lives as well. Uh, and the centurion paid no attention. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I, um, and then, you know, then the wind comes, tosses them about. They're trying to, you know, sort of listening to Paul, but they're not really. They're hearing him, but. They're just tossing things to and fro to try to save themselves. And then, uh, you know, 
what is this, verse 21. After the men had gone a long time without food, one commentator I read said this was not because they didn't have food, but because they were so seasick that no one could eat anything. Oh, mm. really? Okay. Uh, now, I don't know if that's true, but it's, it's possible. It's interesting. Uh, Paul stood up before them and said two great things I just think is wonderful. Yeah, you should have listened to me. Men, <laughs> I told you so. <laughs> and also, the Lord, the Lord has spoken to me and we will all be fine. Um, that must have been nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Uh, Do you think, like that? I always think of those things like when someone like that makes this bold proclamation. Like, Do you think they're like, all right, sounds good. He's he says we're going to be OK. Do you think they're just like, whatever, dude? We don't know. I'm. I'm just. just yeah. Mean. Yeah. It makes I, me. Oh, I don't know. I was. I was just saying. It makes me think of um, Jonah mm-hmm. and that story and mm-hmm. how the people were freaking out. But then, like, when people are at the place where they are most desperate, they might be looking for like anything, kind yeah. of idea. And knowing that Paul was this holy guy, like maybe there was something there that was like. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has something to say. I don't know. But at the same time, uh, right. I feel like there are probably people who would be like, this is just crazy. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think w- your guess is as good as mine. Uh, <laughs> I think there's probably enough evidence in this story to make you think that at least uh, our, you know, our centurion Julius is taking notice of these things. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely all in. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm sure they do, they do stop and eat. I mean, they do follow that direction. So there is probably some evidence that they believe what he had to say. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, and so, you know, keep up your courage, men. I have faith in God that will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, Mm -hmm. we're going to have to run this ship aground, uh, on some Island. I, I just think, you know, I, I trust, I think, honestly, I think Paul probably does have this, not just from this vision that he had at that night, but he also has this confidence that the Lord has called him to speak to the ends of the earth and has called him to speak to Rome. I think Paul had this supernatural confidence that he was going to get to Rome come hell or high water. Like he was going to get there. uh, Literally and figuratively. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) come a tornado in the Mediterranean sea or sh- uh, running aground on Malta, I- I- I'm going to get there. And so, uh, he's going to get there. Yeah, that's right. I agree. I'm with you. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he does speak super, um, authoritatively and they listen. Like, it seems like, he's like you must do this. You have to do this. And yeah. They're like, yeah. okay, well, if we want to survive, we've done this for, let's leave them. And- right. Yeah. Yeah. And so verse 27, on the 14th night, so maybe that 14 nights after this happens, like that's two weeks. That's a long, that's a fortnight. That is a long time uh, to be stuck being driven across the Adriatic Sea. Uh, That would be, I, I can't imagine what it would be like 
day in and day out for 14 days. Uh, so Elliot, to your question, like, did they believe him? I've got to imagine at some point over those 14 days, maybe <laughs> someone thought, may, should we listen to this guy? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, finally, they shipwreck. And where did they shipwreck to? Malta. 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 And a then a with a beach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's a, it's a pretty cool little story of, you know, taking soundings off the water and, um, you know, finally getting down there. Is there anything that you, that, I don't know, that jumps out at you from that story of them getting up there, uh, the end of chapter 27, the end of chapter 27. Um, I love that, you know, well, there's their plan was to kill the prisoners. Yeah. Um, but the centurion has this heart for Paul, like he wishes to save Paul. So he keeps them from doing that. And so that just yeah. seems like the providence of the Lord in this story. Um, and then also going into the, the first couple verses, um, just that the native people were showing kindness because that could have been mm-hmm. really perilous <laughs> as well. Yeah. What else? I also just, I, I, I think it's great that like his word was true. Like everyone was safe. The ship was ruined, but everyone was safe. Was, right. was safe. And it says it was 276 yeah. persons. Mm-hmm. 276 persons. That's a yeah. big, like I wasn't expecting it to be that big for some reason. It's a lot. That, yeah. is, that is a lot. That's a significant. Mm-hmm. Right. And those are, and those are 276 probably not good dudes. Like right. half of them are prisoners, which I've got to imagine they're not good dudes. And then the other half were soldiers. So I got to imagine they're even worse. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, God saved all of them. Uh, I, I think the our study guide that we've been going through this act study guide, it, it makes mention that I didn't of this point that I had not thought about. And I thought it was interesting um, this person wrote here, then are aspects of Paul's character that endear him to us as an integrated Christian mm. who combined spirituality with sanity and faith with works. Uh, in other words, like he believed God, but he also was not just sitting there and uh, like, okay, well, God's in control. So I don't have to do anything. Mm. No, Paul was actively involved in working at trying to work out a solution with all of these people, none of whom were believers, none of whom were probably even good people, but he was like just working out with him, uh, his, his own, you know, working. Uh, I, I just think that's a, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about it. And they were trying to make, uh, align that point too, with him, like going and getting firewood. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. like, he was like, I'm going to work. Like we got here yeah. on this island. Let's figure out a way to make some fire. And I'm going to yeah. get some wood. And, like, yeah, we just had to swim out of the ocean, but it's time to get to work. Like, we've got to yeah. do some stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And we see that later in the chapter, too, that he goes, he's living on his own, paying his own rent, because he's going back to tent making. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Isn't that cool, though? Like, like um, when you think about your life 
and knowing that God is providentially working through all things, right? Like, like it wasn't like he was like, oh, as a kid, I want to be an integrated Christian when I grow up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or I want to be a tent maker or I want to like, whatever, all these things. It's like, but like how God puts resources and, and um, people and experiences in our life to be like, okay, like I know what to do right now. And also the Holy Spirit, of course, is the one leading him in all of this. But just seeing that like bigger picture of, yeah, he's, he's just following what God has him to do. So you can't, you can't like plan your life to be one way when God's involved, like he's going to do what he's going to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good word. Yeah. He, and I hadn't, I honestly had never put two and two together that he was a tent maker and here he was building tents. Uh, Like that was a needed skill that he had. Uh, and he was using his skills there. Um, and so what happens to him while he's gathering firewood? Gets bit by a snake. Yeah. Uh, viper hands. Yeah. <laughs> viper hands. <laughs> um, if I was, a, if I was a, a wrestler, that would be my name. Viper hands. Something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. And so the, the, the natives, they think obviously that Paul is a, a terrible murderer because he escaped certain death out in the sea and, but the gods wouldn't uh, let him go. But instead he is healed with no ill effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, you know, he goes and he starts to, he starts healing other people, but he doesn't do it under his own authority. Like, you know, again, we talk often about how, uh, Paul seems to think more of God than he does of himself. And that seems to be the opposite of uh, the rest of us uh, often. Um, if I was saying, I, I just wanted to make a point of like, yeah. but I love the I love this part about the snake. We didn't talk about it, but his reaction is like, not one of like going crazy. And it's such a small little story, just as he shook the creature off in the fire and kept moving. Right. But like, right. This idea of like he wasn't concerned because once again he knew his mission was to go preach the gospel. It didn't matter that the snake bit him because yeah, it was just like that uh, doesn't matter. Like I am fully yeah. aware that God has a plan for me, and I'm not worried about this mm-hmm. or the shipwreck or that or the other. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep moving. Yeah, and yeah. I just think that's so. Like I just I love that idea that he's calm and unconcerned. Because he knows God's plan for his life. Yeah. That's the, the elders at Ephesus. Don't go to Jerusalem because you'll die. Mm. Eh, nah, Le, that uh, um, the one apostle saying, Paul, don't go there. You know, you'll be shackled in prison. Don't go there. You'll die. He's like, no, he goes there and he gets arrested and King Agrippa's there and he's going to die. No, he's not going to die. Uh, Felix is there. No, he's not going to die. And he's going to go to prison. No, uh, he's going to get out into the ocean, out into the sea, storms, weather, shipwreck, like viper hands. All of these things are pointing to Paul certainly should have died so many times before, Uh, but he didn't, but he didn't because that was not Mm -hmm. God's plan. And, and like you're saying, Elliot, like he believed it, like he, he firmly believed it Mm -hmm. and just shook, shook the viper off. Mm -hmm. You know, it reminds me of the old Testament story too, of the, 
the healing of the with the serpent on the stick yeah the bronze serpent yeah, yeah. The bronze serpent on the stick um as but this was like there wasn't a need for that in this case mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. christ was in him in the way like i don't know i was just thinking it just came to mind um mm-hmm. just the parallels of that too like he just wasn't afraid he knew he had christ with him i don't know yeah no there i i definitely think there's some imagery allusions here to the original serpent from the garden mm-hmm. to the uh, uh the plague of serpents that we see in uh in the uh in the mount sinai with moses and holding up the bronze serpent and mm-hmm. uh and here we are and paul continually well not continually but in this situation paul just shaking it off mm-hmm. um it's amazing it's amazing it's a great taylor swift song you know shake it off Shake, shake it off. Based on the story of Paul. Uh, oh, I'll never think about Malta. Malta. No doubt. Paul on Malta. Yeah. Was shake it off. Yeah. And so they finally get a new boat off Malta and they head out and they arrive in Rome. And what does Paul do in Rome? Uh, The, we don't get much. I mean, we get some, but it feels right. like, yeah. Um, he gets there. What does he do? He does what he always does, which is goes to the Jews. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, we object. <laughs> yep. As they yep. always do. Um, but like, that's like, that's what he's doing. Like in, in, the calling that he has, like Jesus, like to the Jews first, to the world. Um, and then what else? What else happens? Yeah. I mean, basically, he's like in, in prison, right? I'm just mm-hmm. trying to think. Um, yeah. Under lock and key. Yeah. Until uh, it just kind of ends, like at the end of the chapter. Yes. And we're like, oh, what? Give yes. me more. Give me more. Um. What? But, but the last line, I mean, he's still proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus with all boldness and without hindrance. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I skipped to the end, but y'all can fill it in. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, a couple things came to mind uh, for me about Paul in Rome is he does exactly what he normally does. He goes to the Jews first and then Gentile. And I, I never thought about this until actually... Uh, recent, just reading this chapter today is I don't think Paul does that just because that's the theologically correct thing to do. I'm sure Paul does think that like he does think my, my mission is to go to Jew first, then to the Gentile. He says that often, but I also think partly is he is Jewish. Like these are his people and mm. he loves his people. And I think he, has somewhat of an expectation that they would almost to a man, to a person, they would all come to faith in the true Messiah. Uh, you read that, especially in Romans um, 9, 10, and 11, those chapters, that's like his big thing about um, why do, why do all the Jews not believe? Uh, and I th- but I think almost more personally, like Jew- Paul is comfortable in the synagogue. Like he knows... These are my people. 
I love them. And I'm going to talk to him. And so he goes and he talks to him and, and he's telling him like, Hey, whatever story you've heard, I'm going to tell you the truth. Like I, I'm not a rabble rouser. Uh, I'm just, I'm preaching the way I'm talking about the, the true Messiah. And I hope you all believe it. And of course some do, but most don't reject him and push him out. I like the word rabble riser. I don't, I don't know that one, but I like it. Rabble rouser. Um, yeah. I like yeah. that. Um, I was just thinking about how there are some that do believe. Like I, I, I need to yep. correct myself. Like they don't all reject him. And I love that he quotes Isaiah. And then yep. also it's like the Gentiles are going to listen. And this is going to be the end to go going into the end of the earth. Like God has a plan for, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but also I'm like, Oh, this just ends and we don't hear the end of his story. And like, I was wondering what the traditional, cause it, there, we don't know for sure, but traditionally he was martyred, right? Like that's what we know probably I, by the Caesar guy. Half the people I've read say he died by Nero pretty yeah. quick soon after this. And then the other half say that he, was released somehow and went and traveled more and then came back and died in Rome. But tradition almost is all universal that he does die in Rome. Okay. I believe he does die soon after this. I I, I, personally, I believe that's probably the most accurate. Yeah. It's funny because I have like my eighth grade trip went to Italy and this whole thing, like you have to go see all the churches in Italy. Apparently, like we literally went to every church I could ever think of. <laughs> That's a and lot. More. I never thought of. I never thought of these churches. But like we took this tour, and then we went to Rome. And I remember being in eighth grade and being like, "Why are we going to this little cave thing?" What they think, like it's like a little prison, was like yeah. where they think that he was. Yeah. And I, I remember like I had a moment there that I was like, "Why are we here? What's going on?" Like I had no yeah. like. I just didn't understand why we're there. But like later, hindsight 2020, I was like, I did not take that. Like I was not in the right place. Like I, I'm taking it for granted. And when I'm in eighth grade, I would have loved to see that yep. now, you know, just to yep. imagine him being there like in prison, but still proclaiming the gospel to people. And like, I don't know. I just, I, I, I think about that. Um, like the ways that, like that's like a part of my story is that I yeah. was literally seeing all these things. God was everywhere in all these churches and all these, like I was touring the Christian history <laughs> and I was like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see the art. Like that right. was my, my thing. And no, I, it wasn't that I didn't appreciate God. And I was like, I knew he was real, but I just couldn't appreciate the history of it. So I think that's what, as I'm thinking of this chapter, like it just ends. I'm like, oh, I want to know more. <laughs> and I, it's yeah. over. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that's the beauty of this ending. Yeah. Almost, you know, I think it's so wonderful that it it does conclude the story like Paul ends and let's, you know, pretend that Luke knows that Paul dies soon after this. But Paul doesn't or excuse me, Luke doesn't include the death of Paul purposefully. I think he would do that purposefully to say Paul wasn't the end all be all of this story. Like he was a major proponent of why the gospel left just Judaism and went to the Gentile world. But the story, you know, you sort of end with like this, him preaching 
And like the story is like, oh, it's continuing. The message is going. The story is going. It's not about Paul. It's about the message mm-hmm. being spread out. Um, I just think that's such a cool way to end it. So it's not about, you know, it's not about Paul. It's about the message. Yeah, and I agree. Is And the book of Romans would have been written when he was in prison. Definitely. And yeah. so just thinking about the beauty of that book, like, right. And how much, I mean, it's just like a go-to for the gospel, yeah. like all the time yeah. people use it. And, and, and just thinking of like, that was what he wanted us to know in prison, mm-hmm. you know, like the, yep. <laughs> the gospel again, this is what matters. And yeah. I want you guys to have this straight, no matter if I'm here or not, like God's ministry will continue on. Yeah. And I love that. That's good. Yeah. Think about men. I love it. I love it. Um, here we, we're, we're finished acts guys. Uh, we did it. We did, we did it. Um, uh, maybe my last question I'll ask, which is about the last verse. This is the last question that's in the study guide. This is my second to last question. I am going to ask another question after this, but the question, the last question that I'll read from our study guide, uh, what do you think it means that with all boldness and without hindrance, which is verse 31, Paul preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ? I think it's what we were talking about last week and what we're talking about now is this this constant reminder to us that like it's about Jesus, not about Paul, not about Sarah, Elliot, Gordon, our one intrepid listener. It's about Jesus and the fact that he loves us, he's for us, he died on the cross for our sins and changes everything. We talk about it West End Prez, right? The gospel changes everything. And if we believe that, then we should be able to boldly proclaim the truth. And that yeah. should be what we're about. Yeah. First and foremost. Amen. Amen. And I think Sarah's dog was saying amen as well uh, to that. <laughs> sure did. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about, at first when you read it, I was like, oh yeah, obviously, like, the boldness and without hindrance. But I was like, what does that actually mean without hindrance? Like, it makes me think of, like, what are the things that would I would say would be a hindrance in my life, like being in prison or not having all the comforts that I want in my life or whatever thing. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he is, yeah. he apparently is still without hindrance. Um, so just, I think it's uh, just like anything when it comes to the, um, the people of faith that um, are being moved by the Holy spirit. It's not about the circumstances. It's about the spiritual reality that, they believe what Jesus says is true and who he is, mm-hmm. is, that he's real and that he, he lived and died and rose again. And he's provided a way for us to, um, to have relationship with him and to yeah. be able to, um, believe that, to be able to say, it doesn't matter what anyone does to me. I have freedom. I have life. I have hope. And it doesn't matter about anything else. Like that is, that is the only way that you can have that with, having boldness and without hindrance like i'm like that that is real faith yeah. <laughs> yeah. it is the holy spirit's work so yeah it is uh well guys at the end of acts i want to ask our last question which is what is the holy spirit speaking to you about not just about this last text but maybe the entire book like let's uh 
you know, in our journey, which we've been doing this for a few months now, we've been doing it since when, like the beginning of the summer, um, for, for a few nuts, months now. And so what do you think the Holy spirit really has wanted you to hear? I think we actually started, I think we started with when the kids were still in school. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not, this is not a joke. I, I think it's true. Like when they were still in school last yes. school year. And then we went through the whole summer and here we are. And, and you know, they're least, back. Elliot, my, our, our kids are back in school. Yeah. yeah. I think you're probably uh, right. I didn't mean to interrupt your great question. I just, I'm like, wow, this has been a journey. It has been. It, it has been a journey. Like Paul's sailing of the Adriatic Sea is our <laughs> recording of episode of season three. Um, what's the Holy Spirit speaking to you about from this whole journey? I just I and we talked about it some last week and then tonight and it's it's just this boldness and confidence that Paul has in Christ like I just I wish that I had that I wish my family had that like that would be the aroma of of Elliot Gravit right not not of me but just would be on me that people would see that and taste that and touch that and smell that because I'm, I'm exuding Christ. Like, I just think that's what Paul did. And there was great confidence in the fact that he knew where he was going to go. He knew where he belonged. He knew who he belonged to. I just, wouldn't that be great if, um, that would be true of me. It would be great. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I, um, maybe what I'm, I have been thinking about how it's been a long time, actually, like, like, I'm not the same person I was when we started, um, praise the Lord, you know, we're, we're growing and the Holy Spirit's working and, um, you know, I'm convicted of my sin and he's meeting me and forgiving me and helping me, giving me strength and just like all the things as we are comp- we abide in Christ, like we continually grow and, and learn. Um, but I'm just really thankful that we have this kind of crazy book of history that we can read and, um, find people like us and people not like us and people, people, just the people that God loves and just the difference. There's so many different kinds of people. Um, and just the heart that God does have that he's wanting to provide a way for everybody to come to him to the ends of the earth, all, you know, tribes and tongues and all the nations, you know, like it's just to remember his heart is for people. Um, Mm. and I think, I, I mean, like I was saying about being in Rome when I was in, um, eighth grade and when I was, I've talked about when I was in Athens, when I was in my twenties, like my journey is maybe has a little more travel than the average person, but like God had a point for me being there and, and 
making it real to me in a very personal way. And he's making it real for you in a really personal way too. It's like, are we paying attention to it? Um, and I'm, when I read these stories, it just, it makes me pay attention to it, I guess. Yeah. So I'm grateful yeah. for that. Mm. And I'm grateful for you guys and getting to know you guys better. Yes. So thanks for being here. Yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> uh, I think, I think the, when I look back on our journey over these past few months of looking at acts, I think the true, uh, I've often said that like the true hero of acts is the Holy spirit. So it's, mm. uh, you know, but, but the thing that um, I am intrigued by is how it seems that the main actor, if you will, of the book of acts uh, is the the story of the gospel itself, like the proclamation of, or the story, the story of Jesus's resurrection, ascension, and session today of caring for his people. Like, it's the story and the power of the story. And so, you know, like we just talked about how it sort of ends with Paul in there teaching people about the story, but it began with the people sitting around praying for God and then God speaking to them through Pentecost. And then, uh, you know, um, Stephen testifying to the truth of the story and being murdered and, you know, just sort of, I guess I'm intrigued by the power of the gospel story. Um, and I am thankful for that. And I also, just like Sarah, I'm thankful for this little journey that I've gone, that I've gone on with, uh, with the four of you, even Gordon, who's hiding in the corner. Um, yes. It's been amazing. Yes. I would. I will say I went back and I looked. It was May 21st. When May 21st. The first episode of this study came out. Yes. Thanks, Crazy. Gordon. Crazy. I love that. What a journey. What a journey. Amen. And here we are, the end of September, almost October. Uh, I don't know when it is, but. Um, well, that's great. Uh, any other, fur any further comments i'm glad you brought up the beginning joe because i was just thinking they were in a place where they're like wait what's happening and it went you know they go from a place to like i don't know like i don't know how to do this thing yeah to like god providing the way for them and yeah. you know and and yeah it is the fact that we know the gospel is because god was working through these people and yeah. it multiplied through generations and time and space and now we know jesus Yep. And someday we're going to, I don't know, maybe I'll have tea time with Paul and ask him about his shipwreck. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great. I, I'll I'll share a pint with him and we'll yeah. have a great time talking about his uh, vacation on Malta. <laughs> well, with that, thank you for joining us. Uh, Sarah, could you pray for us to conclude us? I'd love to. Jesus, thank you so much that you love us, that you have provided a way for us. Um, thank you for this book um, that we can come around and read of your work, um, Holy Spirit, in all these people and in our own lives, how you are um, showing us how living and active your word is, Lord. And I just pray that as we are um, moving on from Acts, that we will keep coming back and thinking about the ways that you are working in each of our hearts and minds and each of our stories. Um, Father, I thank you that you care for us so well and so deeply. And so um, through your providence, we, we can trust that you're in control and 
that in any circumstance we can have joy and peace because you are our joy and our peace. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray for our listeners, um, whether they know you or not, I pray that they would um, seek your face and seek you and find you and that they would grow and see um, that they're just on a really cool journey with you, Jesus. It's awesome mm-hmm. to be on a journey with you. So I pray um, that we would follow you and trust you and um lord help us help us we need you holy spirit fill us um help us be obedient help us to love others and um help us to boldly go and proclaim your kingdom to everybody thank you amen amen well, thanks for joining us and uh, join in, jump in for season four, where we're going through the um, the discipleship class that I'm teaching. Twelve components of discipleship. Thank That's you, right. thank you, Gordon. <laughs> the twelve components of discipleship. It'll be a uh, thirty-four episodes of that once a week. So <laughs> tune in for that. We'll, uh, we'll be going through the Book of Revelation for the next twenty-two weeks as well. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. I I, I'm excited to listen to that. I listened to one today, Joe, so thanks for having that available. Good stuff. Great. Good times. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Adios. Adios. Adios.